Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from inside my flagship station, WSB. I haven't been up here in studio in a while. The phone number, well, <laughs> oh, the phone lines are open. Okay. My my poor call screener had a, had a, had to go to the dentist this morning. I had, had an issue, but I see the phone lines are open. So the phone number, if you want to call, 877-973-7425. As always, if you text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777, you can get the show notes, uh, email, all the list of stuff I'm talking about. You can get the podcast, the live stream, find me around social media. We must get into the Trump stuff. Now, for those of you new to the program, if you're listening to WTIC or, or Word in, in Greenville, South Carolina, or WFTL down in Florida, you're new. I was a lawyer. I still have my bar license, though I don't practice. Now, I have my bar license because for years before I got into talk radio, I was a blogger and I wrote about politics online. And and my mom would say, son, you you want to keep your law license just in case this doesn't work out. Now I'm in talk radio. It's like, are you sure you want to like, like give up your, you worked hard for it. And I did. And I got to pay the stupid Georgia bar every year for the benefit of keeping a bar license. And I don't even practice law. So I'm inactive. I don't take my continuing legal education classes, but I did practice law, not just, not just law. I practiced criminal law in part. And I have used the Georgia RICO statute civilly. So we must talk about the breaking news, Donald Trump notifying his supporters he has received a target letter from Jack Smith for another investigation, this one being the 2020 election, and uh, essentially causing, provoking the storming of the Capitol on January 6th, all all of that sort of stuff. Um, We don't know what the charges actually are. We haven't seen the indictment. This is Donald Trump saying he's received a target letter, so we don't know all of the details. But with a devil-may-care attitude, we can dive in and speculate anyway. (laughs) Actually, there is an issue here. You need to learn a fancy legal term. It's called mens rea. Essentially, the mental state of the person alleged to commit the crime. Now, it it doesn't apply in every case. There um, There are criminal laws that are... Um, what what is it? Uh, malum prohibitum and malum per se. Malum prohibitum are laws where the law is passed statutorily saying that uh, you can't do X, Y, and Z, and it doesn't matter what your state of mind is. So uh, sex with an underage person is malum prohibitum. The government passes a law that says you're not allowed to have sexual relations with a minor. It doesn't matter if this person convinced you that they were 18 years old. If they're 16 years old and that's against law, you're going to jail. You're, you're, you're in trouble. Doesn't matter that your state of mind is, I thought the person was old. Doesn't matter. There's also malum, malum in se or, or malum, yeah, malum in se. These are the laws that they're just inherently bad. Everybody needs to know they're bad. Uh, storming the U.S. Capitol, inherently bad. However... There's a mens rea component for these. You have to have criminality. Your state of mind 
plays a role in some crimes. In some crimes, not in other crimes, yes. So, for example, better example here, murder versus manslaughter. If you take a person's life and your state of mind is, I intend to kill this person, that's murder. If your state of mind is, I don't intend to kill this person, I'm not expecting to kill a person, but I've killed a person, that's manslaughter. Your your state of mind differs. So if you intend to kill someone, it's murder. If you don't intend to kill someone, but you do, it's manslaughter. In some states, it's, it's first-degree murder, second-degree murder. They don't have manslaughter. It depends. Uh, but manslaughter is typically how people talk about it. You have, you have negligently committed homicide. You have done something that a reasonable person would not do. It has cost someone their life. You are charged criminally with, in some places, negligent homicide. In other places, manslaughter, where you didn't really intend to kill that person. Or you intended to kill that person, but that person provoked you into killing them. There are mitigating circumstances. And what I'm getting at here, I don't mean to confuse you, but it's all about your state of mind. It's all about your state of mind. So let's go to 2020 and Donald Trump. If he really, truly believed the election was stolen, whether it was or is not, not is irrelevant. If his state of mind was the election was stolen, he can be charged with crimes, but they're mitigated by his state of mind. He can throw Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell and others under the bus and say, they showed me the evidence. They convinced me it was stolen. Now, remember, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, and others have been smacked down in Michigan by a Trump-appointed judge in, I think, what is it, the, the, uh, the Eighth Circuit? I can't remember which circuit it is. But essentially, you know, that so they went to court. They alleged that the election was stolen. Uh, they had their, their software expert who had examined the Dominion voter system machines. And it turns out that the expert wasn't an expert, didn't know anything about software security. And in fact, the other expert had not been looking at the Dominion voter system machines, but had been looking at their actual like public-facing website, which is a key detail a lot of people miss. Yes, one of the experts who claimed to have found that the Dominion voter system machines were very hackable and changeable wasn't actually looking at the machines, but looking at the Dominion voter system's public website. That's what a Trump-appointed Court of Appeals judge determined in a very damning uh, decision that affirms sanctions against Sidney Powell and, and others. And, and she's probably going to lose her law, law license. Rudy Giuliani as well, probably losing his law license over that stuff. So the evidence they had, Trump-appointed judges at the district court and the Court of Appeals level said it's actually garbage. Lawyers should have known, had reason to know that it was garbage. You can't have someone look at the Dominion Voter System's public website that you and I can go to online Look at that, say, well, it's hackable, and then say, oh, that means that the voting machines are hackable. But that's what they did. But if Donald Trump didn't know, that's his state of mind. If Rudy Giuliani and Lindell and Powell and the others went to Donald Trump and showed him the same evidence, he had no expertise in the matter. He had no reason to know. And so he's convinced based on what his lawyers show him 
that the machines were hacked. It was stolen. They did all sorts of fraudulent things. Look at those 2,000 mules, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, the state of Georgia uh, filing suit against True the Vote um, because they've refused to turn over the claimed evidence of all those mules in Georgia, ballot stuffing and ballot harvesting and the like. There doesn't appear to be real evidence there despite the Dinesh D'Souza movie. Um, But it doesn't matter for Donald Trump. He trusted the people. They lied to him. They lied to you. Many of you still believe what they said. Donald Trump does too. It's not exculpatory. For a lot of crimes, it's not exculpatory. You encourage a mob. That's, I think, what they will claim. He encouraged the mob to storm the Capitol, whether you or I agree with it or not. But what was the reason he thought they were going to stop a crime from happening? Not that they were going to commit a crime, but that they were going to stop the ultimate completion of a crime, the stealing of the election. Mens rea matters. His state of mind matters. We don't know the details yet. The Justice Department and the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, refusing to comment thus far. They haven't actually uh, formalized the indictment. They've sent him the target letter that usually comes a few days before the indictment is fully filed. Interestingly enough, if they can tie this to the classified documents issue in Florida, they can probably move the Florida case to Washington. That puts them in a more favorable venue because they're worried in Florida the jury may be too pro-Trump. The judge, they think, is too pro-Trump. They may be able to tie it all together and move it to D.C. I doubt that's going to happen, though. They seem to be too tangentially related. But the real concern here is the Georgia case. The Georgia Supreme Court has unanimously allowed the grand jury to go forward reviewing the special grand jury in Georgia. A special grand jury cannot indict. A special grand jury conducts a detailed investigation and then sends its recommendations to the regular grand jury. The regular grand jury reviews those recommendations and decides to indict or not. In Georgia, the Georgia Supreme Court has thrown out Donald Trump's uh, request that they essentially eradicate what the special grand jury did. So now a grand jury is impaneled in Fulton County, Georgia. They are reviewing the special grand jury report. That's the case that matters the most because of RICO. The Georgia RICO statute the Racketeering Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. You can use it civilly and you can use it criminally. And oh, is it expansive. Georgia has one of the broadest RICO statutes in the nation, the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. So RICO came about in 1970. The federal government, decided they needed to be able to take uh, individual nebulous acts that had a a nexus, a, a common core, and be able to string them all together to go after the mob. So, for example, you may have bootlegging in Chicago. You may have loan sharks in San Diego. You may have corrupt casino practices in, uh, in Las Vegas and Atlantic City, and they're all individually distinct crimes, but they all are run by a single organization for that organization's benefit. And so you can, under RICO, tie all of those different things together in different places, bring them together, and launch an overall criminal conspiracy trial. 
Georgia's is most expansive. It's more expansive than the federal statute, and it's been upheld as constitutional. So here's the problem for the Trump campaign in Georgia. City Powell, Rudy Giuliani, them, they go up to Michigan and Wisconsin, and they make a lot of claims about the Dominion voter system machines there. In Georgia, they file a lawsuit. They try to get a bunch of people thrown out. They claim they have evidence that they don't have about uh, these mules who are ballot harvesting. They can't actually provide the evidence. They're not providing the evidence. They they willfully misrepresented uh, videotapes of things that were happening. They gave narration that a lot of you still believe of what was happening with count voting. You saw the video. You saw the narration. It confirmed your pre-existing biases, therefore you believed it, they believed it, Trump believed it, but it wasn't actually true, but it was done to undermine the integrity of the election. They went down to South Georgia. They had someone uh, give them elections data they were not supposed to be given. They went out to Nevada. In Nevada, they, they tried to cast dispersions on the election there. They did the same thing in Arizona. They spent most of their time in Arizona and in Pennsylvania and in Wisconsin and in Michigan. They spent very little time in Georgia, but they were in Georgia. Well, under Georgia's RICO statute, the prosecutor can pull all of that together. What they did in Arizona, what they did in Nevada, what they did in Pennsylvania, what they did in Michigan, what they did in Wisconsin, because they also did it in Georgia. She can pull all those things together and show a commonality and purpose and cause to advance the mission of the committee to reelect the president of the United States and indict the people for what they did in other states because it was tied locally to what happened in Georgia. It's a very expansive statute. It's very broad. That's the danger for the Trump team. Now, my suspicion is the Georgia one may not actually get Trump. It might actually just indict a bunch of other people. But that the federal grand jury is going after Trump, eh, they might try it in Georgia too. But these are more indictments against Donald Trump. And I just got to tell you on the federal one, I think think you got to take his state of mind into being here. If he really believed it was stolen, he wasn't trying to commit a crime. He was trying to stop a crime from happening. And that will matter when it comes not to prosecution, but to what they actually charge him with. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. You know, I, I, I got to say this. Uh, I'm not just pulling stuff out of thin air here on the state of mind issue with President Trump. One of the leaks that has come out about the grand jury in recent weeks is that they were calling different people to Washington, D.C., to the grand jury from Mark Meadows, the president's former chief of staff, to Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, and others, and asking them a very specific question. At any time, did President Trump in private acknowledge he lost the 2020 election. Did he acknowledge that he actually lost the election? Because that goes to state of mind here. If he never privately acknowledged he lost the election, then you can't say he was lying publicly because he privately most likely did believe the election was stolen. Now, Again, I, I know some of you believe it was still I, – I, do I think there were shenanigans? Yes. Do I think it was enough to uh, subvert the election? No. 
I've, I've got a reasonable basis as an elections lawyer to know that, yes, there are absolutely shenanigans. There are absolutely – there's no such thing as a perfect election because elections are run by people and people are stupid. They're also sinners, so there's no perfect election. But uh, that's not the standard for judging whether an election should be thrown out or not. But the, if Donald Trump really believed the election was stolen, whether I believe him or not, whether I believe the election was stolen or not, whether you believe the election was stolen or not, if Donald Trump really, truly believed the election was stolen, that mitigates his actions because in that way he was not in the process of trying to commit a crime. He was trying to stop a crime from happening. That changes things. But does it change the patterns we're seeing here with public support and lack thereof. We should discuss that when we come back, 877-973-7425. Right now, though, I need to tell you about Vision Computer. Vision Computer can build a computer for you, for your family, for your business. They can customize it to not just what you need, but what you actually want. You know, if you go to a big box store, you pick the big box store out there. You know, you can go to them. You can just buy a one-size-fix-all computer. You're not necessarily going to get what you actually want or need. You're just going to get what the generic price is. And then you can upgrade. Oh, you want this instead? Buy this. You, you want to do this instead? Buy this. With Vision, you just get it out of the gate, and they can make it upgradable over time so you don't have to keep buying a new, new box. You just upgrade your computer over time with Vision. And they also give you world-class tech support. So for your business, if you do this, each of your employees will get a phone number they can call, so you don't have to do it, and they can call Vision and get world-class tech support. And listen, if you haven't bought a computer from Vision, you can pay them a small annual fee, and they'll become your tech support too, so you don't have to have an in-house IT department for your small business. You just let Vision handle it for you. Call them at 404-COMPUTE, anywhere in the nation. Doesn't matter where you are. Connecticut, Florida, California, doesn't matter. 404-COMPUTE. Call them. Let them get you going. They'll keep your business updated and online. VisionComputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. 877-973-7425. It is Eric Erickson, coast to coast. Glad to have you with me across the Fruited Plain. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I got other stuff I'm going to talk about, but I, I want to meditate on this one. So uh, let me just tell you, I expect there will be another bump in polling for Donald Trump. So obviously there will be more pieces about how DeSantis is not doing well in the campaign. I, I, so I gotta, um, I, I, I want to dwell on this because I've talked to people smarter than myself on this, including people with ties to President Trump's campaign. And what's interesting is they have the same sort of uh, analysis that others do on the issue of how this affects the president. And the word that I keep getting is half-life. Half-life. Now, what do I mean by half-life? Um, what I mean is that the the Alvin Bragg indictment, which was farcical, even the Democrats. I mean, remember, remember the day the Alvin Bragg indictment came out? It was such a big deal. It was, I mean, MSNBC. It was like that. I mean, they didn't need batteries, if you know what I mean. And then suddenly. It's like the batteries died. Uh, they, they had all frowny faces, and they were very upset, and they couldn't believe it. They they were embarrassed, and then they got angry at Alvin Bragg that it was such a garbage indictment, and Donald Trump's popularity soared. We have not seen 
a really sizable bump. I mean, we've seen a bump. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we haven't seen a bump, but we haven't seen as sizable a bump with the second indictment. Almost a half-life, if you will. And I don't know that we're going to see a ginormous bump for the third one. And then what happens with the fourth one? And then what happens with the fifth one? Oh, a fifth one, you say. What? Well, here's the thing. I am led to believe, and we will find out shortly, but I am led to believe that uh, Jack Smith's grand jury investigation in Washington has split the January 6th stuff from campaign finance stuff. Yeah, see, that. so part of the, the January 6th investigation was also the fundraising component of it. And based on several media reports over the last 24 hours and now in light of this Trump letter, it, it suggests that there may be a fifth indictment relating to campaign finance issues as well. Now, that's speculation on everyone's part, but uh, that was woven into the January 6th stuff and appears not to be a part of it now. So uh, lots of rumors flying out there. But so every one of these, there's a little more of a bump. But at some point, there's a bit of a ceiling. Now, that ceiling's good enough for Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee. But also it begins to impact him with general election voters. And that's something, look, I, I understand if you're if you're a Trump supporter, you don't care about what other voters think. He's your guy and you love him. And that's all well and good. God bless you for it. Uh, the question is, do you want to win the general election? And I think each of these indictments, as much as they bump Trump up a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more in the primary, they probably bump him down a little bit further and further and further in the general election. Because you do have independent voters, we got moderates. You got some Republicans, particularly female Republicans. I know, I know Republicans who say, "Nah, I, I just I can't do it. I'm, I'm not going to vote for him." Uh, most of them are women, though. In fact, some of them are women who voted for him in 2016 who were mad at me when I didn't. We were all together in 2020, and now you get to 2024. Like, ah, I'm tapped out. I, I just I can't do it. Um, that'll that'll impact him. But it's the moderates and the independents who you have to worry about in the general election four more years of Biden or you, you find someone else as a Republican. That, that's a calculation, but there's too much emotion involved. And see, because there's so much emotion involved, people can't bring themselves to walk in a different direction. The Democrats are counting on that, which is to a degree why they want to bring all these indictments as quickly as possible. They want to lock Trump in as the Republican nominee because they believe, whether you or I do, they believe independent voters will not vote for a man with that many indictments who may be going to the to the big house. I mean, the Joe Biden campaign from mom's basement campaign was actually probably pre-gaming Donald Trump campaigning from prison. He will be the Johnny Cash. Folsom prison, he'll be the the, the Bureau of, of Prisons. He'll he'll be the guy. You'll go to him. He'll have a campaign rally surrounded by the Crips and Bloods in, in the federal prison. <laughs> and it'll work. People will vote for him for it. The Democrats are playing with fire on all of this, of course. But at the end of the day, 
the question for the American voters, not the Republican base, but the the the, the general election voters, the people who vote in the, the main election. They don't vote in primaries. They're not primary voters. They're not Republicans. Do you think they will vote for a man facing three, four, five indictments? Do you think they'll vote for him? Do, do you even care about that? Do you care about winning? That's something Republicans are going to have to come to terms with. And I don't know how you message that. You know, I, I, I have spent my time trying to give Donald Trump credit for things I think he did right, criticizing him when I think he did wrong. What I find with most Trump supporters is they, they don't actually pay attention to any of the praise. They pay attention to the criticism. And they get very angry with me. I mean, he, he's, he's not my guy. I think we could do better. But I appreciate a lot of what he did. The question, though, moving forward is, if you're that shackled to federal indictments, do you find someone who can advance and maybe pardon him and end all this? Or do you go with him and risk a loss to Biden? What I find more remarkable, though, is how people on the left are so freaked out by him and DeSantis and the like that they're convinced that it's all fascism and it's all authoritarianism, and they pay no attention to it on their side. They pay no attention to the authoritarianism on their side. you got the state of California looking at passing a law that will literally take children away from their parents. If the parents don't want to pay for gender transitions, if the parents think the kid's suffering from mental health problems, instead of like like has some sort of legit issue for transgenderism, California wants to take the kid away. You, you've got forcing their indoctrination, their secular indoctrination on Muslim parents in, in Minnesota and in Michigan, in Montgomery County, Maryland. Why is it always the M states? I don't know. And the left can't see the authoritarianism on their side. They're, they're so convinced that Trump's a despot, they're willing to be despotic to stop Trump. They're willing to indict him for anything and everything possible to stop his election. And, you know, I mean, the irony here is that if if Donald Trump, if they were to rush one of these trials and he found like, like, I have a hard time. Let's just take the Alvin Bragg case. The Alvin Bragg indictment is garbage. It is legit garbage. Now, to refresh you on the Alvin Bragg indictment, Alvin Bragg is claiming that Donald Trump violated campaign finance, federal campaign finance law to pay off his mistress, the porn star Stormy Daniels, and that in in filing the federal paperwork and using campaign funds through an intermediary, he violated New York law. No one has literally in the history of the republic ever been successfully prosecuted at a federal level for that campaign finance violation. And you have to show a federal campaign finance violation to actually get a guilty verdict on state charges in New York. And no one has ever been able to show that. It is the most nebulous tangential case. Meanwhile, there's a massive crime wave in New York City. Did you all hear about uh, two weeks ago? A man on a moped, no, no, it was a scooter. It was an electric scooter. A man on an electric scooter was riding the sidewalks of New York, shooting and killing people randomly. That happened several weeks ago in New York City. Sadly, unfortunately, someone put the video in my timeline on Twitter. 
hardly got any news. Massive crime wave in New York City. And Alvin Bragg would rather prosecute Donald Trump than that. And the charges are trumped up charges, no pun intended, against Donald Trump. So, of course, the public rallied to him. I think there's a way, and, and some Republicans I've talked to think there's a way on the second indictment, the the classified documents indictment. There's a way to say, yeah, look, this is politically motivated, but Donald Trump stepped on the rake. He he, he got, got the, the rake pole in his face. He stepped on the rake on this one. All he had to do was hand over the documents. And it's true. I mean, it is true. All he had to do was hand over the classified documents, and he wouldn't have been indicted for the second one. That's kind of the dumb, frustrating one to me. Why you get yourself indicted? Oh, they they they, get, they send you a letter and say, "Hey, we think you got classified documents. Send them back to us." And you don't do it. So then a grand jury notifies you and says, "We think you got classified documents. Hand them over." Not only do you not do it, you hide them from the grand jury because they're yours. They're your precious Gollum, and Gollum is so upset he he doesn't want to let go of his precious, and so they indict him. It's just. That one, that's that's the head scratcher one for me. They're thieves. They're thieves. They're filthy metal thieves. Where is it? Where is it? They stole it from us. My precious. Curse them. We hate them. I mean, that was from President Trump's press conference right after that second indictment. I mean, he just he didn't want to give up his precious. And I get it. I get it. He thought they were documents. But when the grand jury comes for you and the lawyers say, buddy, you got it. You got to give them back. Whether you want them or not, you got to give them back. And he tells them, no, no, keep them from the FBI. You, You kind of walked right into the rake on that one. And I think that there's got to be some sort of messaging there for for Republican voters. But this one, this one, listen, the media thinks January 6th was the worst day ever in American history. Worse than the Kennedy assassination, worse than the Lincoln assassination, worse than the Civil War, you name it, worst day ever in America. Never mind, you actually had Puerto Rican nationalists shoot up the House of Representatives in the 70s. Worst day ever. Tourists walk into the in, into the into the Capitol building. Worst day in American history, according to them. But unlike the classified documents case, this is a state of mind issue. If Donald Trump really believed the election was stolen, whether it was or not, that at least mitigates charges to be brought brought. If his lawyers told him it was stolen, they presented him the evidence that they say it was stolen, and he believed his lawyers. He believed that's it's not exculpatory, but it certainly mitigates the heck out of any case if he really believed it was stolen. And I suspect what we're going to find is he really did believe it was stolen. I I think that's why they were probing Jared Kushner and Mark Meadows and others about his state of mind. And was he privately acknowledging that it it wasn't stolen, that that he actually did lose? And I don't know they're going to be able to show that. And if they can't, that mitigates all the charges against him. When you really believe that an election is stolen and you take steps to stop the steal— you're not committing a crime. You're trying to prevent a crime from happening. And it may be that your your world is upside down and you're actually the one committing the crime. But that sort of stuff really does matter, that state of mind. 
The question is, how do the voters react? How do Republican voters react? And how do the other candidates message it? Uh, DeSantis is already out on the campaign trail today saying this is politically motivated. Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying it's BS. Uh, she's literally saying BS, except she's not using the letters. Um, the other campaigns out there as well saying this is this is nonsense. They're all circling the wagons around Donald Trump on this. So how do they message around it without causing his polling to skyrocket? That's for them to decide. I, I don't know how they can do it. And then there's the question for his voters of what do you do when you got five indictments? He's going to spend all of his campaign dollars on lawyers. Ah, that becomes a hard one. How do you get past the emotion? And it's very hard sometimes to get past the emotion. Now, I want you, before we get out of here for a commercial break, to go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric and move your cell service to him. Uh, you, you emotionally support the cause for the Second Amendment, for the pro-life cause. You you support the conservative movement. You want to beat woke school board members with, with conservative parents. That's what Patriot Mobile does. They grow their profits. They're a cell phone company. They grow their profits, and they take their profits, and they spend it on conservative causes. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You go there, PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You get free activation. As you help them grow their profits, they grow the conservative movement. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers. You're probably already using them. I was in the mountains this past weekend. I got better cell service with my Patriot mobile phone than my other phone. You can too. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. 972-PATRIOT. You call them, tell them, since you get free activation, you can take your existing phone number to them. You, or you can get a new phone number if you want. You, if you have an unlocked cell phone, you can take that to them as well. If you've got an iPhone, whatever, just take it to them. You can get it set up, get an eSIM. Um, they make it painless. They make it easy. They give you great service, and then they grow the conservative movement. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Hello there. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here at this hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Anywhere nationwide, they can help your business grow. If you're buying a building, building a building, uh, buying a franchise, buying out a business partner, buying a competitor, reach out to them. Those are the deals they specialize in. $250,000 or more. Your regular lender, you're having a hard time getting access capital. First Liberty might be able to help you. They make their own lending decisions. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Get their contact info. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if they're a good fit for your business. FirstLibertyGA.com. So we may be getting a UPS strike. I'm I'm not sure exactly when uh, we will get the strike, but it is coming up. And you need to understand the dynamics of the UPS strike. The Teamsters want to get the packaging business of Amazon.com. They want to unionize Amazon. To unionize Amazon, they need to show, the Teamsters need to show that they can beat up UPS. So the Teamsters are working overtime to go to strike at UPS. They have legitimate grievances, some, but I don't know that they're really negotiating because they really want to show a force. They really want to show that they can be reckoned with. They really want to show uh, that they've got clout because they're trying to get the Amazon workers to unionize with them. So you and I may be suffering here shortly if you get a lot of packages through UPS, and my house does, with Amazon. Uh, ironically, Amazon uh, growing their own shipping business to compete with UPS, uses UPS. So the Teamsters strike threatens to grind everything to a halt so that they can show their clout. They, they've got to win the negotiations with UPS because they want the Amazon business. So they got to play hardball with UPS and extract as much from UPS, which isn't budging. 
I don't know that this goes over well. We, we live in an economy now post-COVID where so many people depend on shipping. If they're suddenly not getting their packages, they're going to get mad and that could blow back on them. Also, we saw Joe Biden and the White House intervene with the railroad worker strike and to keep them from striking. The Teamsters are begging the Biden White House not to interfere with the UPS strike. It's all politics. It's all politics. That could make people really mad. And I don't know that the UPS gets as much blowback as the Teamsters in the White House if the White House doesn't intervene. And again, the Teamsters have to show a force with UPS and strike because they want the Amazon business. They want the Amazon union business. It's all politics. It's all about growing the Teamsters. It's not about really the workers at UPS at this point, nor is it about you and me. You're going to have to wait for your packages. Amazon's going to have to find a different route. FedEx could benefit by a strike. I like FedEx anyway. They're always very nice when they show up. All right, when we come back, math is again racist, people. Math is racist. Did you know that?